0: Another edition of the EVBC podcast, Eric Dobratz and Brian Coleman. It was a super wild card weekend, and that's what they have at your house every weekend, right? Super wild card. That's what the every wife every
1: week, for. every weekend is like a super wild card, except we don't broadcast any of the action on Nickelodeon, but maybe we should.
0: Now listen, yeah. listen, I, I that's a great I, I was late to that. I had no idea that was going on, but man, they got rave reviews on social media last night. If I had known, I would have told my kids to watch crying out loud.
1: I didn't know that either till yesterday afternoon, a little before the game started. And I thought like, you know, because like nowadays, it's like the NCAA tournament, like or ESPN broadcasts. It's I thought it was a simulcast. Like, oh, no, no. It's a whole thing with uh, the graphics and then like young announce. I turned, I watched the first half. I watched on
0: Nickelodeon. That was a just a late game they did last. Um, we're taping this on a yeah, Monday night. Just,
1: as I said on Twitter, I think they were trying to, I guess the goal, goal was, and my kids hung for all five minutes. So, but my kids cannot get into football I they raging more-
0: ad they also have raging add so
1: yeah they do but football like they cannot get into um yeah. so it's supposed to attract maybe the kids and the younger audience great idea the bad news is they chose a game involving the chicago bears and mitch trubisky which is like if that's ever game, it's going to turn you off football yeah um, but yeah. which is a terrible game but yeah no they they tried and i thought it was kind of funny it was kind of cool
0: Sean Payton got slimed afterwards. He agreed if they win, he would get slimed. He got slimed.
1: Amazing. They did the uh, the virtual slime every time they scored a touchdown, which means no Chicago Bear. Has he ever been virtually slimed on TV? Um,
0: uh, Reminded me of You Can't Do That on television. I was a big fan of that show in my preteens, early teens. I don't know if you remember that show.
1: Yeah, my wife and I, We were talking about today, like my kids, I asked my kids, did, did you think that was interesting at all? They're like, eh. And I like got my wife and I, you know, because we're all the same age, talking about you can't do that on television.
0: Yeah, I couldn't tell you any of the names of those, but uh, the people on the show. But if you put one on right now, I'd probably remember half of it.
1: So it was—I think it was—I didn't even know Iron Eagle had a son, but I think Iron Eagle's son was doing yes. The play, the
0: play little nepotism, you know? Come on, well, why not?
1: Jack, Jack Buck, Joe Buck, Harry Carry, Skip Carry, Cherry Carry, uh, you know, Harry Larry Carry. Yeah, uh, and then uh, a Nickelodeon uh, young lady who I didn't know. And then Nate Bur- Nate Burleson's really good, by the way. That guy should get a prime gig he does
0: stuff on cbs doesn't he i thought
1: yeah i don't i mean he does like cbs today or nfl today which i haven't watched since brett musberg and irv cross were in there but he's really good he should get a big gig but yeah it was cute i watched for a half then at the other half then the second half i went over to nansen romo then eventually i'm like why am i watching this game and i turned it off you know i took a football break for an hour and a half but
0: yeah cool idea listen you know uh Trying to put the wheels back on the track here. Six games this weekend. Uh, listen, I wish I could have watched all six. I'm going to be honest. I didn't. I, I was in on the Buffalo game on Saturday because uh, I was curious how that was going to go. Uh, I didn't care. I'm trying to think. So, Saturday, uh, I watched most of the Bucks game because I was at work. Um, they didn't cover the spread there. So, I know a lot of people are disappointed about that. A push, I
1: believe. At least it was a push for me because I had them at eight.
0: yeah. And then, what was the middle game in the afternoon? Refresh my mind. Uh, the
1: Rams and the Seahawks, and we can, you know, we could spend an hour on that game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I the Seahawks. I just I don't know how you lose that game, but whatever it is, what it is. Again, Brian, I think we've been saying it all year these 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 games all year with no crowds. It, it's it's really a crapshoot. You know what I mean? It's just you don't know what's going to happen. You really don't.
1: You don't. I mean, I think um, I I didn't, and we'll get into the Sunday games in a minute. I wasn't like shocked by anything that happened in the six games. Uh, I guess I was surprised at the Rams blowing out the Seahawks, the Seahawks or the Seahawks losing to the Rams where they had Jared Goff, who didn't have a functioning thumb, and Aaron, yeah. not Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Donald missed a lot of the second half and they still got the Seattle still couldn't do anything. It was pathetic, to be honest. Can,
0: can I stop you right there? First of all, yeah. Aaron Donald is great, but for Troy Aikman to say he's the best defensive player he's ever seen, Troy, Troy.
1: I thought the same thing. I, my, Troy, my my that was definitely a two eyebrow razor.
0: Troy, take it. I got two words. Lawrence Taylor.
1: You know. Yeah, I, I mean, calm down.
0: I I, I I might be able to think of three or four more players. By the way, that are. Um, right.
1: let, let's settle down and listen. Yeah. He's the best defensive player in the league right in the game right now by healthy margin.
0: What about J? I mean, people tell me about JJ Watt all these years, who's never won a thing. By the way, but you know, look, listen. No,
1: no, no. I thought the same thing, and like I'm. I what made my the second eyebrow raise is like. It's not some schlub like myself going. He's that hey, Aaron Donald is the best offensive player I've ever laid eyes on. This is Troy Aikman who said. He prefaced it by saying, "I played against Lawrence Taylor.
0: Yeah. And I played against Reggie White." Stop. Uh, as as as, I, Chris, as the great Chris Russo would say, Aaron Donald is not a pimple on the fanny of Lawrence Taylor or Reggie no. White.
1: We're 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 old now, so we remember Lawrence Taylor and still remember Reggie White. I mean. It's LT and Reggie White, one and two for me, and it's it's clearly LT, and then Reggie White's right there. Reggie White was a wrecking machine. I'll
0: even throw guys like Ronnie Lott and people like that who wrecked games who were. Oh
1: yeah, I mean, listen, I love Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald is. I could make a case right now. We'll move off this, and it'll never happen. At least LT, because and people should remember this: like LT was the MVP of the league. That never happens now. It just always goes to the best quarterback, the MVP yep. in the NFL is kind of a joke. But I mean, I, if I I could easily make a case for Aaron Donald as the MVP this year, easily, he's awesome. He's the best player
0: in the last five years. He's not Lawrence Taylor. No, nobody is Lawrence. There's Taylor. no Lawrence Taylor. He he, re, he when people revolutionize and change the league, you know Lawrence Taylor did that. So uh, we <laughs> are we are so off track. You, you know, you put together these show lists, bro. I know. I mean, Jesus. I just late. remember, teams. Joe Gibson
1: created an entire defense where he just had like one running back and one tight end and extra tight end,
0: not because he just, he he was trying to stop Lawrence Taylor. Ask Joe Joe Theismann of the best defensive players he's ever seen. Oh my goodness. Anyway, look it up on YouTube kids. Uh, so the, the games themselves, I was into. I was into the Ravens game yesterday. I, I love the Ravens in the game. It got me a little nervous in the beginning, but I, you know, uh, just fun to watch two teams that play like that. And the other thing I'll throw out there without breaking down anything: uh, these coaches don't know what they're doing with timeouts, two-point conversions.
1: They do not.
0: My mother, my mother knows when to kick the extra point and not go for two. They do not it's the analytics of of all these sports whether you're Kevin Cash pulling a pitcher in the World Series or or Frank Wright going for two or not or going for it the, these guys i don't know what they're doing no feel for the game guys punting the ball on fourth downs at midfield down two touchdowns fourth and two and
1: punting from the 40 was unbelievable My, yeah. what mike Grable did yesterday i couldn't be, i mean he got roasted so and mike
0: know. tomlin last night he had yeah. all the momentum at fourth and two on his own 47 and he, and he doesn't go for he punts the ball away i couldn't believe it but again these, I, you know i, yeah, I don't 40, understand it months.
1: yeah but again if you some of these coaches they make 5 million dollars a year and they need some you know, some kid who's, or some kid who's played Madden for, for 40 hours to tell them how, you know, I should know you kick the field goal here and you go for two here. Yeah. I, I don't get it. It was, and, and I, I was, I was dead wrong on the Tennessee game. You had the right feel for it. I liked the Titans a lot and they did a lot of things that they, they just didn't play as well as they played recently. I thought I was surprised by that.
0: Yeah. I didn't pick any, any, uh, the, the buff I had Buffalo, um, Seattle in the Bucks on Saturday, which was not, did not work out, but I had all three games yesterday. So it is, listen, it's fun. It, again, I, if you're a, a married man with two children and you're trying to watch six football games on a weekend and oh, by the way, you work Saturday nights from three to midnight, a little tricky, a little tricky. A little tricky. That's all. I'm
1: yeah. We, we. You so. know, um, it'd be interesting to see. I assume, not that we care this much about, too much about this, but I assume they're going to have BAFO ratings, huge ratings in this whole. Six super wild card, three games yeah. over two days. I mean, three games uh, on Saturday, three games on Sunday is probably here to stay.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, listen, people are going to watch it. it. The networks love it. It was fun. Um, little NFL news today. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, Doug Peterson fired, which I was shocked. And now we just keep our fingers crossed the Jets don't hire him.
1: Yeah, I wasn't shocked because it sounded like yesterday – um, they were sort of setting the groundwork for this. I think Chris Mortenson had the tweet yesterday, you know, ESPN guy, I've well, uh, been there forever, that he was on shakier than originally thought. He's, he, the ground was a little less than firm for him or worse to that effect.
0: And if you're not familiar, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl a few years ago. This year in week 17 got roasted. We talked about it because his team, he took out a starting quarterback in the fourth quarter, which had an impact on the playoffs. So Anyway, make a long story short, a guy goes from the Super Bowl three years ago to now out of a job. The Jets general manager Joe Douglas has a connection with him. They worked in Philadelphia together. So a lot of people speculate maybe they'll bring him in for an interview. Listen, the guy won a Super Bowl three years ago. I just think the Jets should be a little more original than that. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you, you, how did it, there's, I know there is history of this, right? They, the Jets one time did hire. A guy who had been sort of surprisingly dismissed from the Philadelphia Eagles, right, as head coach, and they hired him right away. Who's the No, nah, You know,
0: I'm not sure. I can't recall that. Herm Edwards? Herm Edwards? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Richie Cotay, Back. I, it Richie seems Day. like
1: the Jets, like, it's everybody is saying it's a foregone conclusion if you believe, you know, social media and rumors. But I'm with you, man. Like, I would, I'd like to see the Jets do better. I would go for a little more creative hire.
0: I agree. Now, listen, we're going to we're gonna move off the NFL for a little bit because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back from this uh, break, we are going to talk about the New York Metropolitan baseball team who made a huge trade this week, and Brian won't shut up about it. So now I'll give him a chance to give me his thoughts after he reads this commercial first.
1: Oh, it's New Year's, and, you know, New Year's, everyone – it's that time of year, January of New Year, where people start doing all these resolutions and – uh Gonna do this, gonna do that, the other thing. How about you know committing to getting a better night's sleep? Well, you could do worse with uh, that than getting a new mattress. Also makes it easy. Allsewellhome.com. Uh I'm at the, the, the great kings of mattresses uh, at affordable prices. And listen, great time to do this because now through next Monday, January 18th, you can save 15% off at allsohome.com with the promo code new year15. That's new year 15. And now that it, again, that's mattresses. That's like uh, mattress covers, bedding, bedding toppers, which I'm still not sure what they are. But it sounds good. So yeah, th- again, that's 15% off uh, everything at alsohome.com with the promo code New Year 15. Let's remember this too. A uh, how about you go to one of our edbc podcast episodes? Click on the link that you see for alsohome.com. Go to that link. Go to allswellhome.com, start doing your shopping thing, use your promo code. And when you use that link on one of our podcast episode sites, it sends a little love our way. And we appreciate that. So sleep well. Save now through Monday, January 18th. Promo code NEWYEAR15. Get a new mattress, sleep well. And remember, all is well, sleep well, and save well.
0: All right. I uh, teased it. Go ahead and talk about it. I'll let you lead the parade. Go ahead. Tell me how the Mets are going to win the World Series. Go ahead. Well, first of all, I don't think the Mets are going to win the World
1: Series, but this is a uh, it, it, the huge trade this week for the Mets. Um, we knew for a while that the Cleveland Indians, their star shortstop, Francisco Lindor, was on the market. Uh, I could get all, all, all the reason why the qualities of baseball are, are out of whack, because Cleveland couldn't really afford his, he's about to hit free agency, his contract's going to be massive. We're talking maybe in the area of $400 million, $400 million over so many years. Cleveland ownership is not going to spend that kind of money. They had to move him. They announced they had to move him, and the Mets, with you know now they have new ownership, Steve Cohn's in there. He's got the money to to burn, and they're operating like a big league, big market, big market team with a major league budget. Swooped in and got him, and a pretty good uh, catcher, uh, catcher pitcher and Carrasco to go along with him. He's all right. Yeah, I mean, He's I mean middle of the road. Yeah, I said pretty 34, good. Thirty four. Thirty four. <laughs> He's 34. He's, I'd say, pretty good at 2.91 ERA last year. You, if you don't think I looked that up, you're crazy. Um, and for a team that needs starting pitching depth, slide him into your number three or number four slot, that's fine. But obviously you get uh, you get Lindor, who's 27 years old. He's a bet shortstop in the game. Um, you're getting him in his prime. Again, 27. You know, multiple-time All-Star, multiple-time Silver Slugger Award, multiple-time Gold Glove. It's reminiscent of the Mookie Betts trade last year, where although it was more bizarre because the Red Sox apparently decided to shed salary. The like well, Piazza trade. Yeah, the Piazza trade. Uh, but, it's, you know, there's two stories here. The t- one story is Cleveland had to lo- unload a 27-year-old superstar because they decided they just couldn't afford to pay him, which is kind of out of whack. But the other story is the Mets established themselves after all this penny-pinching and budgetary problems and no money with the Wilpons. With Steve Cohen, hey, no, we're big spenders. We don't mind absorbing that salary for this year or flirting with the luxury tax. We're going to be players. And, you know, we're going to be in on these types of trades. And that's somewhat easier said than done because while they had the financial resources to get this done, I don't think, and Eric, you know, you're a lot more tied in, especially with some of the minor league players or players around the league. I didn't, as a Mets fan, when I saw what they gave up to get them, I was kind of like, I shouldn't say this, just then it comes back to haunt you. But if I don't know if it was a steal, but it feels like it was at least uh, a petty lar- petty theft.
0: Yeah, listen. Here's the deal: no one has any money in Major League Baseball. These these franchise are worth billions of dollars, but apparently they haven't have anything in their savings accounts to deal with a pandemic. Look, they got killed at the with no fans last year. They make forty percent of their revenues through fans. You know all the stuff you buy, all the you know food, souvenirs, whatever. So no one has any money. Look at the Yankees right now; they're playing, you know, they're playing the long game with D- DJ Lemayu because they think people don't have money. So the Mets have money. This guy is he has his personal money that he can use to buy this contract. I don't think he's. I, I don't know what kind of contract Lindor goes because I think that I don't know if anyone's going to sign a big deal per se. I could see them giving him, you know, a six. Seven-year deal, maybe at you know thirty million a year or something like that. I don't know if he'll get. I don't know if he'll get money like Mike Trout got or Mookie Betts' money per se. Just because I think, again, but it's you know you don't know what the Mets because this is this guy's writing checks from his own account, not the Mets account.
1: Right, Uh, but you make a good point there. And to piggyback off that, I I was sort of thinking the 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 Betts contract that he got after he you know he had been traded to the Dodgers and was there for about five minutes when he got his new contract. I was thinking that Betts' contract as sort of the parameter. But some, you know, the, the good point you just made about so many of these owners crying foul, the Mets might not have to go that far because they might find out they're betting, betting against, against yeah, themselves. They're yeah. betting against themselves. How many guys are, uh, you know, listening to our buddy Mad Dog today? Boy, he's always he was fired up. Uh, Chris Russo saying, how many of these teams out there that can, how many you know, they bet at the Atlantas or, or the Dodgers who have like a guy like Corey Seager? How many of these teams that are willing to spend money are going to go out and need, Do they need to go get a shortstop?
0: Yeah. There's a, there's yeah. only a handful of and plus the other thing that that Lindor has going against him is some of the top free agents of baseball are free agents next year. So exactly. not this coming year, next year. So again, listen, it's a great move. The Mets needed to make a big splash. They were patient. I know some people fans were getting a little impatient. Maybe the question now is, do they go when well, we could talk and do a whole show about the hot stove, but do they go one more Do the, uh, Trevor Bauer wants to be the highest paid pitcher in baseball. He's out of his mind.
1: I wouldn't uh, do that. I wouldn't do that. If I was George
0: here. Springer, the Yukon kid is 31 years old. So he's kind of on the other side. Whereas Lindor is 27. Do you, he, supposedly he wants, you know, five years, 25, 30 million a year. So. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him.
1: I think the thing, yeah, I think from a local perspective, you know, because you said uh, Springer's a local guy from Connecticut, played at UConn. Uh, I think the Mets wait him out now. I don't think he's, I don't. I don't. I think he. Maybe it's not. He's not a shoe in there as some people thought now with the Lindor money coming over and Carrasco, and the other part you mentioned, which I'm still flabbergasted by, and you know more about about the better about this. It's just. The whole Yankees really playing hardball, DJ LeMahieu, their best player last year. I'm I was just surprised. And I I still don't think he's gonna leave, but I was certain that he wasn't, and now I'm like 75% certain that he wasn't.
0: You know, I gotta be honest with you, and you're gonna be surprised by this. I don't care if they don't re-sign him, to be honest with you, because okay. I think I think the Yankees are such a mess with some of the contracts they have that, and it's their own fault. It's, so a great it's, point. it's their own fault. I mean, he's 31 years old again. He supposedly wants five years, 25 million. the Yankees are willing to go for. And again, the Yankees are saying, "Are we bidding against ourselves?" I mean, the Dodgers laid off half of their front office people making 40 grand a year. Are they going to go sign Lemayhu? That that's horrible optics to do something like that.
1: I mean, maybe maybe the Blue Jays really will. I guess they're another team that's in the mix. You hear the Red Sox, although. Yeah,
0: DJ, do you want to go play for Toronto for five years? You know, 30 million a year. The Yankees for four years, 25. And probably the decisions and- got to make.
1: And probably be playing your home games in Buffalo this year.
0: Yeah. It's the same with when the Yankees didn't re-sign Cano. Of course, they made a stupid move in signing Ellsbury, but the fact of the matter is these players have to decide, do I want the money and go play in some crappy market, or do I want to maybe take a little less with a chance to win and be a star in New York? So,
1: and if you really love the Yankees, then you just suck it up. It's easy for us to say because it ain't, it ain't our money we're, we're we're leaving at the table. But Yeah. The Lemayhu thing, and you're right. You you and me, especially, we could do this hot stove stuff for an hour. So we'll shut up in a minute. But the Lemayhu's just things sort of surprised me a bit. I know, like you're right. Stanton contract, Cole contract. They don't want to pay the luxury tax. They want to rein it in a bit. I was just sort of surprised. But I guess we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, listen. If you're Lemayhu, you're going to go out, and you know the report this weekend was he's reached out to his told his agent to go reach back out to other teams. And if you're the Yankees, you sit and wait you sit and wait. And again, I don't care about some headline in the New York post saying the Yankees are screwing this up. They're not screwing up. If he walks, he walks. Cause he wants more money. The Yankees have a budget. They're going to wait it out. And if he leaves, he leaves, but they're going to, he's going to come to the Yankees before he signs anywhere else and say, look, this is what I got on the table. Do you want to match it or not? So we'll see what happens. We got to be his decision. Yeah. So
1: yeah, uh, the Yankees, you want to play with,
0: uh, with Buffalo, your choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go play for Texas or something like that. Yeah. Uh, another baseball note: Tommy Lasorda, the former Dodger manager and uh, king of YouTube. If you got a second, go to YouTube, type in Tommy Lasorda. There's some great stories on there. Kind of a uh, ambassador of the game. Uh, just a real character. A, a lifelong Dodger. Was a player, a coach. You know, I, I didn't know this, but he was a player for the Dodgers. Made one start and then was sent down because the Dodgers had to bring up another player. Do you know who that player was?
1: Uh, Sandy Koufax.
0: Yeah, there you go. So made his one start with the Dodgers and was sent down because the Dodgers had signed Sandy Koufax and they had to make room for him on the roster. So you know,
1: looking back in hindsight, it's always twenty twenty. Nothing against Lasorda as a player, but I believe I think the Dodgers, in retrospect, made the right decision.
0: Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, I think you might be right.
1: Yeah, Uh, but you know, he's even like one of those guys because you know he was like a larger than life bigger than sports guy because like in the 80s when the Dodgers had you know some colorful teams he was on tv all the time he's in movies you know Seen a Fletch punching us, you know I hate Tommy Lasorda or you know yeah. Fletch one of my favorite movies uh he was in the naked guy you know he's just one of those guys that like even if you don't know a whit about baseball people knew or recognized Tommy Lasorda
0: well yeah almost like uh I'm trying to think of other sports like a George Foreman type who you know kind of yeah. transcended his And Tommy, you know, the thing I had heard about him reading is that he was a very charitable man. And uh, actually mentioned Chris Russo earlier. Chris was talking about some dinner, like maybe seven, eight years ago that he emceed down in Stanford. And I think it was with Bobby Valentine and Tommy Lasorda, you know, this he's 85 years old, took a red eye from California to fly into New York to make sure he was at this event, you know, six, seven years ago. So he always went out to uh, Bobby Valentine, loved him.
1: Yeah, um, they're very tough. We
0: talked to him last week. You know, Bobby was a Dodger back in his early days. Um, so it's sad. You know, Tommy sort of really one of the good guys of uh, baseball. Again, though, funny stuff on YouTube, whether it was the Yankees when Reggie Jackson was standing in the baseline or yeah. Kurt Bavakwa, which is another very, very um, explicit uh, locker room reaction. So don't watch it. Don't watch yeah, it with, kid. you, watch you, it with yeah, kids.
1: Yeah, if you search YouTube for it's a funny last I'm I start making fun of Kurt Bavakwa's name. If you search YouTube for Tommy Lasorda Kurt Bavacqua or Tommy Lasorda Dave Kingman, put the headphones on. Headphones on. It's wildly entertaining, but make sure the kids are out of the room.
0: Yeah, it's filthy. So put headphones on. Um, I'm going to make another quick segue here from uh, Lasorda to another ambassador that we lost uh, yesterday. D. Rowe, Donald Rowe was the. Worked for UConn for more than five decades, 51 years, I believe, was the head coach from '69. Uh, I was there eight years as the head coach. Then went into fundraising and athletic department, and then became a special advisor to the to the athletic department. Was on the hiring committees that brought Jim Calhoun and Gino Oriema to stores. So uh, a great guy. I've interviewed him a bunch of times. One of those guys you'd see him, and real gentleman. He'd come up to you. And tell you how, oh, I saw your sports the other night. You guys do a great job. And I'm sure it was the same line he'd say to anyone who was on TV or whatever. But he always went out of his way to come over. Uh, Gino Oriam on a Zoom call yesterday said, if you ever got a chance to play golf with D. Rowe, it was one of the great days of your life. Because, uh, the guy. I mean, he would tell stories. You know, Jim Valvano was his assistant at UConn back in the day. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, classic stories. And we, we did a feature on him years ago. I posted it to uh, social media yesterday uh, he's one of those guys you set up the interview and you've already been there an hour and you haven't pushed record yet. So, uh, but a nice man, a real gentleman who, whether you're men's or women's basketball or football, Randy Etzel, that I, I talked to the UConn soccer coach, the baseball coach yesterday, and not a bad word to say about d Rowe, 91 years old.
1: Yeah. 91, uh, sounds like a life well lived. And yeah, I mean, just what you just mentioned, I mean, what a legacy he left for UConn and, uh, that's something. Uh, a lot of stuff I didn't know until I read some of the stuff yesterday and the, you posted.
0: Yeah, he uh, well, he used to go to practices all the time, go sit up su- up on the uh, stands at Gampo Pavilion and kind of even Dan Hurley mentioned, you know, I only got to know him a couple of years, but he was always at our practice and I go up and talk to him. And Hurley said the one thing he always tried to talk to him about was uh, he tried to convince Hurley to play more zone. <laughs> Hurley's a man to man coach. So oh, it was very, yeah. good luck with that. Yeah, it was very funny. So anyway, hey, listen, we're going to move on to a couple other things. Uh, but first, you're going to take care of one timeout because we're running out of time here. But you're going to do uh, one more break, and then we'll uh, we'll hit a couple other things. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Instacart. Uh, you choose Instacart shops. You they deliver. You stay right at home. Uh, Instacart is the easy way to shop for your groceries from home. And get, sign up for an Instacart.com account it takes about three minutes. Uh, and not just groceries. Uh, Instacart has a deal now of stores like Staples and Staples and Walmart, and it's a friendly reminder that right now through the end of this month, through Jane until January thirty first, you make your first purchase with Walmart through Instacart using the promo code New Year twenty twenty one, and you'll get a sell you get a little about thirty five dollars off your order. So that's a great way to introduce yourself to shopping uh, with from Walmart with Instacart. But again, and we talk about it every week. It's an easy way to shop for groceries. You get the account set up. You, get, you start saving. You get deliveries delivered in sometimes a little under two hours. You get fresh produce. It's stores you know, like a Walmart, like a staple. So check it out. And that new, uh, promo code for uh, Walmart shoppers is New Year 2021. New Year, all capital letters, 2021. Hey, why don't you go to the DBC podcast? Click on any episode. They're all tremendous. And you'll see a link for Instacart.com. When you click on that link, set up your account, start doing your shopping, and you'll show a little support for this wonderful podcast. What a better way to start the new year than, you know, do some easy shopping from home and give us some support. Remember, Instacart.com, sign up today and save.
0: All right, couple things real quick. Uh, we're gonna do birthdays in a second, but before we do that, I want to let you vent about the NBA and the problems you were telling me about. So, I, we have not talked about this. I have a feeling I know what you're going to talk about. But go ahead, and give me your quick little two-minute spiel about the NBA and everything they're dealing with right now. You mean the refereeing still sucks? Well, or? there's that. There's COVID. Is there something specific on your mind? No, yeah, really no. I mean, you? We, we, you were tweeting. You were tweeting about the NBA this weekend. What was it all about?
1: Uh, I think you know. Um, you know, they have a COVID mess right now. We saw this with baseball. Uh, especially during the middle, the beginning of the middle part of Major League Baseball, where teams were, you know, shutting down operations, games are being postponed uh, for days and days and days, comes out, and we're seeing it happen now. Uh, I think the Sixers had to play with eight players the other night, which is the minimum amount. Now word out today that the Celtics and the Dallas Mavericks and the Chicago Bulls are all have, have games rescheduled, so it's just more of the You know, we thought, you and I both talked about that the NBA did a really good job with the bubble in the playoffs, but they're out of the bubble. There's no fans at most of these arenas, but it's becoming a problem. And it turns out uh, that if you play five-on-five basketball against other guys who aren't wearing masks, you can spread COVID. So I don't know what the NBA is gonna do. I, I saw somebody, I believe I believe Adrian Woj. I can't say his name. Adrian Wojnowski tweeted out something today about how the Board of Governors is yes.
0: gonna Yep.
1: So we could have a pause in another major league season, at least maybe short term. So
0: I think they're gonna shut it down for three, four weeks, kind of regroup, let people figure some things out. Uh you're right. There's there's a lot of guys getting I mean, no one thankfully has gotten real sick that we've heard of, but guys with symptoms and yeah. um so again, you're kind of playing with fire. Um, I know the high schools here in the state, or the department. Well, that's, of exact,
1: that's exactly what I want to say about the, just the trickle down. If we don't think the NBA can keep this thing safe when they're outside of a bubble, what realistically, how do you play indoor high school sports?
0: Well, the Dep- Department of Public Health has put out a plan that just came out today, Monday. We're taping this about how they can go forward with sports. They're making everyone wear a mask. There'll be no wrestling. There'll be no competitive cheer, but they want to have a 12-game winter sports schedule for basketball, for hockey, and some other sports. So... uh Listen, we'll see. I believe it when I see it Thursday, the CIEC is going to approve the plan or, or not approve it. But the, the Department of Public Health has given them the green light to go ahead and try to play winter sports where everyone who plays has to wear a mask. So,
1: yeah. And I don't mean to sound like a killjoy. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd like to watch, you know, I, I you know, sports is diversion from s- some stuff going on in the real world. The real world's a scary God darn place right now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we all want to have sports or we want to see your kids have sports. So I'm not trying to be a killjoy. I hope what you're saying is that with the ECAC, if they come up with a plan, I hope to heck it works. I just, I wonder. So,
0: yeah, it's tricky. Youth sports are going to give it a go next week. I mean, I mean, our family's got to talk about things the 19th. I mean, my kids could be on a hockey rake next week, so we'll We'll have to really talk about it and see what, what the plan is. Um, Happier news. You put together a tremendous birthday list. I want to give it its due. You got what? Six people on here, a lot of music and, uh, and, and someone who I actually mentioned inadvertently on the podcast earlier in the show. So Thank I will you. let you take it away. We'll hit it. We got about three, four minutes left. Knock, let's knock it out and see uh, who we got on this list. Yeah. Um.
1: And by the way, I, I trimmed this down a little bit because I couldn't remember if we did some of these last year. So it was a good week for birthdays, but we'll just, we'll roar into it. Cause we, the clock's ticking. Uh, your favorite, cause I know you love Woodstock and she, Give such a great performance in Woodstock. Joan
0: Joan Joan Baez. Joan Baez. You better not be sarcastic, you bastard. She, uh, yeah, a little folk singer who uh, was singing to hippies on a Saturday night in uh, upstate New York. Is that western New York, Woodstock, or is that upstate? I don't want to be be lectured
1: again. Woodstock is upstate New York. All right,
0: upstate New York. Buffalo
1: Rochester, because I've been versed in this, and I've been yelled at about this before. Rochester, western.
0: Your wife has too much free time. She's got to stop listening to this podcast. I know. Uh, Joan Baez, I would say she's probably about seventy-four.
1: No, 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 no. She she turned that corner a few years back. No, uh, she's, she's actually eighty. Wow,
0: wow, good for. Her. I think she was still performing uh, before COVID hit. So good for her, Joan. Yeah, she Baez. was doing
1: set at CBGB's for a while there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the next one on the list is a little more familiar. Next couple, a little more familiar. I know you're a big. fan. I know we've done him before, but so I know you might know. already
1: know his age. But yeah,
0: I want to say seventy-five. Is that true? Uh, Jimmy Page? Yeah. No, but good guess. Um, 77. 77. Jimmy Page. It's funny. He's got a, what is it called? A, let's let's Make It Loud or something. Was that a series? or uh, I forget what it was on. Anyway, about going over guitar risks with other famous guitar players. It's a good watch if you're a music fan. I think it's called Let's Make It Loud. So you can Google it. Look it up on YouTube, Jimmy Page. It's all good. I just
1: appreciate the fact that you know I'm an iconic musician. 77 still with us, despite the fact that I was reading... I read a bunch of books in Led zeppelin I love I love zeppelin um what's your favorite song i'm I'm kind of like you know what I like cashmere I love that yeah. group I know it's not like a clicky like deep track pick but I love that song plus uh you know that song in fast Times richmond high great scene
0: but I'm just I'm just Which, love- by the way they screwed up because that's not on Led Zeppelin four. not on Led
1: Zeppelin four it's not yeah. on one it's on physical graffiti yes as a- as my grandmother knows, that um, bothers
0: me so much whenever I see that movie. I'll oh, put on side two of Zeppelin Four whenever you're going to date. When okay,
1: time. I have a theory about that. I don't think they screwed it up. Yeah, I think they made it to look like L- Rad was a moron and didn't pick, pick the wrong seed. Pick the wrong H. All right, all right. I never thought of it that way. You could be right. You but could... again, I just Jimmy Page back in the mid '70s. There was a time where his diet was basically just heroin and French fries and ketchup, and he's still here at 77. is that,
0: so is that, is that
1: bad? No, not but not bad at all. Apparently, the guy's still here. He's 70, seventy-seven. He looks fantastic. Have you seen him lately? He does.
0: He's uh, again. We've talked about him a lot in this podcast. He's a he's you know he is one of the Mount Rushmore of guitar players out there for sure. Yeah, well, we should get him on. Yeah, absolutely. All right, the next one. Uh, the next one is I, I grew up loving this guy um, as a solo artist and with his original band as I got older. But go ahead, tell me about Rod Stewart. Yeah, I do too. Great.
1: Uh, one of the like, just, Oh, there's no mistaking who that guy is. One of those voices. Yeah. Yeah, Rod Stewart's celebrating a birthday, I believe the day before, a couple days ago, maybe before or after Jimmy's
0: birthday, amazing career, the things he's done, the longevity and, uh, uh, I'd say about the same 74,
1: Uh, a little off again, 76. Wow.
0: Favorite song by him.
1: I like the, I don't really have a favorite song by him. I like that Young Turk song because I heard that all the time when I was a kid. I thought it had a cool groove, but I like a lot of the Faces stuff. Yeah, great stuff. Who's next? Uh, another one. I always joke about this guy on Facebook. When back when we used to have concerts, and he would come to the area, I'd go on social media and go, "Attention, all Caucasian women between the ages of thirty-six and fifty-four, your guy's coming to town." Uh, that was Dave, and that's Dave Matthews.
0: It's a wider range than that, isn't it? I, I think. It I
1: just like. I just feel like my wife and some of her friends are in that age range, and I know like they all are. Like just like you know, like you know, Dave Matthews is awesome. We have to go to the Dave Matthews show.
0: Is he a North Carolina guy? I always th- forget.
1: I don't think so. Hmm. If we're, by the way, this we're starting to go off the rails again. I thought he yeah. was from South. I I thought it was from South Africa, which is close. So you know.
0: Yeah, I think originally, but I I don't know where he calls. I think he calls. I want to say he calls home that for some reason, but I'm not sure. I have, I, 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 I looked I, I, it up and we'll get back on that next week. What's he about 53
1: Cl- close enough? 54.
0: All right. Pretty good. All right. Who's next?
1: Yeah. You mentioned it. We mentioned this dude earlier about a uh, athlete who transcended his sport to just be sort of a, a well-known celebrity type, okay. George Foreman, former heavyweight champion of the world.
0: Some of the great boxing uh, fights in the history of, uh, of boxing. Uh, I just an unbelievable boxer. And then afterwards, the career he put together with the, all the acting, the grill, you name it. Um, I don't know. How old? 70, 78.
1: No, no. No, oh, he's
0: younger than that. Let me say – I would say 68. 72. All right. So right in the middle there.
1: Uh, yeah, he was a uh, Olympian in 1968.
0: So, yeah, 72. He was – was it Thrilla in Manila was that him or is that the phrase? Thrill Manila.
1: That was thr- – yeah, Thrilla in Manila was – he against Ali. Remember, he had uh, Foreman had destroyed Joe, Joe Frazier. Down goes Frazier! Down yep. goes Frazier! And then he was a huge favorite against Ali. People were actually worried that Ali might get hurt. Like it was a it was a rope a dope. Rope a dope. I think I think when we I think that was the movie. I think that's the fight that we, when we were Kings was based on the documentary, which I,
0: yes, I believe you're right. Which I've never seen that, but I remember uh, Will Smith and I remember the previous one. What's
1: funny about Foreman now is it's like, he's like, looked at this. He's funny, like grandpa guy, like older guy, really funny, friendly, great with kids, always smiling. Everybody from everybody of our age in college or a little little younger than us had a Foreman grill at some point, you know, the grill cook everything on. But like back in the day, he was like the, thought to be the meanest, scariest human being on 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 earth
0: and people forget about his second boxing career I mean he retired and then came back which trying did he fight he did he fight
1: he fought and he won the heavyweight title again the oldest yeah. hit, he never beat Michael Moore like a one punch knock michael Moore yeah one punch knockout boom out
0: and who who did he who did, did he fight holyfield I don't remember I think, I, he, I fought, should...
1: I think he fought holyfield
0: and I'm, I'm trying to think who else. So that was the days of like the Riddick Bowe, Holyfield. Uh, Holyfield
1: uh, Razor Ruddock, Len-
0: Lennox Lewis. Tyson wasn't involved in that, I don't think. That
1: was sort recall. of post-Tyson. Tyson was in jail at the time and he came out. It was never the same.
0: Yep. Who's, All right,
1: was a, great, who's a, a lot? Ray Matthews on here sometime. He's always on Twitter and one of my favorite boxing writers. Yeah, he's
0: great. He's absolutely yeah. great. You know, you go watch some watch some of these on YouTube if you haven't seen uh, the Thrill of Manila and some of those boxing matches. Yeah, check out. Different movie, world back yeah. in.
1: Yep. And the last one, yeah, I love – who doesn't love Muggsy Bogues?
0: Yep. Point guard for Charlotte Hornets back in the day. Who else did he play for? I don't recall. Didn't he play
1: at, like, Bridgeport? Like, Bridgeport had a basketball team for, like, five minutes or something. I think you're but, thinking of Manute Bowl. I know he and Manute Bowl were on the same team at some point because they were – there was that picture of them on the same team, and, like, Manute Bowl was, like
0: – Muggsy Bogues went up to Manute Bull's, um like, knee. Yeah, 5'7".
1: seven. got as they say.
0: Yeah, I 5'7 seven and seven
1: seven, right? Yeah, more like five three. Muggsy's not a tall guy.
0: No. Great uh, episode
1: of uh, him and Kirby enthusiasm with Muggsy, uh, Larry David and uh I forget the name of the
0: comedian. Uh I don't remember that one.
1: Oh, it was um Yeah, they were in the they were in a men's restroom and uh Richard Lewis, Larry David, and Muggsy Bogues are on the urinals and Muggsy's in the um, middle one and they Richard Lewis and Larry sort of take it. <laughs> want to take it, so to speak? Yeah. Then Muggsy almost you know, sort of goes off. I, I ruined the bit, but yeah.
0: How old is he? Let me guess. Uh, 58. No, close. You, you know, you're doing pretty – you're doing okay this week, except
1: for a little off on Joan Baez. He's 56, which makes me feel old.
0: I feel like his career in the NBA had a pretty long career. I mean, he played a yeah. good eight, 10 years. Did he play 10 years in the league? I'm trying to think. I you think know?
1: he did. It seems like he did. Not quite – like a little bit above average. Not quite a journeyman, but not an all-star.
0: No, did he win a dunk contest one year as well? That
1: was Spud Webb.
0: No, but was he in it as well a different year I'm trying to I think. don't
1: think he ever won you know, it. I should, I,
0: I should have to google this stuff. We should be doing research. you to be more prepared. What's wrong with you? Sorry. No, I remember Spud was Spud was in the late 80s. I, I'm assuming when he was at the Hawks when was that 89, 88 something like 80,
1: that? 89, Spud, 88,
0: Spud. 87 cuz he had Dominique Wilkins on his team as well who was uh, trim, the human highlight reel they called back in the day. You know, if you want, we can do
1: another t- I could do another 10, 15 minutes on uh, how underrated the 1988 Atlanta Hawks were. <laughs>
0: they, yeah, they had a good team. Was that Mike Fratello's team? He was <laughs> that was Mike
1: Fratello, Yep. Yeah. That was the team that lost in the playoffs with Larry Bird and Dominique went off in the fourth quarter of Game 7. Thank was you.
0: Moses Malone on those teams? Uh,
1: Moses was not on – I don't think he was on that team. I think they still had – I want to say maybe Tree Rollins was still there. Yep. And, and what was Al Horford's dad's
0: name? Okay, we, I got to stop. We're yeah. going? Back. Keto, Keto Horford. But um, Moses, who I think he passed away a couple of years ago. He did pass away. Heart too. attack. But he was a great player. Hall of Fame player. Great player. Great center. And he, him with Dr. J and Charles Barkley, and they made that horrible trade. with. Him. Well, again, we'll get off the rails here. Yeah, they traded him for Jeff for, for him. Yeah, that was a good trade. Roy Hinson, all those—they traded the top picks when it came. All right, anyway, '80s NBA. It okay. sounds like a. Why we uh, need a producer? Sounds like a show. Yeah, I need rap in my ear. All right, man. So uh, I think we covered all the bases. Uh, stay safe out there, everyone. It was a crazy week in the world. Uh, we could have done an hour about that, but uh, I think it's better to stay with the uh, sports topic. It's kind of a little levity here, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a crazy. I think it's going to we'll get some some bumpy road ahead. You know, COVID and some other things. Hopefully everything is okay and people stay safe. In the meantime, we'll uh, we'll come back here to talk more, you know,
0: dad rock stuff and some more football over next week. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the EBBC podcast. I'm Eric Dobrats. He's Brian Coleman. Brian, say goodbye. See ya.